Okay, so welcome everybody to a new episode on uh, the solar journey. And uh, today we have a new guest. It's uh, Luca, Luca Pedretti. He's the, uh, the CEO and uh, co-founder of Park, Pexa Park. Welcome, Luca. Hi. Hi there. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Luca is, uh, as I just mentioned, the co-founder of Pexa Park, and uh, it's uh, a company based in Switzerland. And uh, it's specialized in power purchase agreements for solar energy. Yep. And uh, yep. So before Luca held various management positions at Axpo, Axpo Trading. Axpo is uh, an energy provider, a utility in Switzerland, and is actually one of the largest companies in Switzerland, uh, which I just found out on the Wikipedia. Ah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make uh, billions of ref. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah yeah, and uh, Luca closed his first power purchase agreement in 2008, so uh, yeah. quite a long time ago. Um, and that was for a 100 megawatt wind park in Poland. Well, mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. I'm sure we, we will talk about that, early stages of PPAs in, in renewables. And since ever then, he has been in the renewable energy trading business. So he's all about energy trading and renewables. And uh, he also says he's actually stuck in this sector for good because uh, his wife is not so much interested in renewables, so he has to compensate for this. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you mentioned to me that in an in a, in a, in a earlier conversation we had in, in preparation for this call. Maybe you want to elaborate on this? <laughs> yeah, I could talk renewables 24-7. And um, uh, as she is not so much into renewables, I had to overcompensate job-wise. All right. So I'm, I'm very happy just to dedicate myself to renewables. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, you were you've you've got a degree from uh, the University of St. Gallen in uh, politics um, and economics, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you started a let's say career in in energy trading. Was it renewables right from the start, or was it just conventional? Yeah, it was. By, it was all incidental. I mean, uh, I wanted to become a, a diplomat. Okay. And uh, I was working then in, in development aid in Indonesia and came back and somehow oh, wow. ended yeah. up with an energy utility. Yeah. And the first thing I was allowed to do was a PPA. I didn't have any idea what that is. Yeah. But what I really realized uh, at that time in Poland when we did such a power purchase agreement is that it enabled the realization of a, a huge wind park at that point in time. Yes. And I was always interested in, uh, in green stuff and renewables, and this really got me. I said, wow, this PPA means more renewables. And since then, I haven't stopped doing PPAs. Yeah. So when, when did you discover your, um, your urge to go into renewables? Did they start during your degree or after your degree or even during school time? It's a good question. I haven't thought about it. Uh, I always wanted to make a change and somehow green was associated with something positive. Yeah. I didn't much reflect on it. I just thought, let's do more of this positive thing. Yeah. But I think there's some connotations. I mean, uh, uh, renewables are connotated with uh, decentralization. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's connotated nowadays also with a smart way of doing things. Um, so these are also interesting aspects. And I'm generally fascinated by things which 
keep on running for a long time. Yeah? What makes you successful in the long run? I think that's the core topic of sustainability. And uh, renewal, of course, means it can auto-generate, and that's somehow probably explaining my passion for that. Yeah. Okay. So um, back then, the deal in... Uh, fantastic. Yeah. So back then, the deal in, in Poland, that, that was already with uh, Axpo? Uh, yeah, Axpo yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, there was a company that called, at that time was called EGL. It was one of the leading pan-European energy traders. Uh -huh. That was uh, very important at that point, before the liberalization, in the beginning of the market liberalization. Uh, there was a lot of trading of fossil power yeah, across borders. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was what EGL was doing. And then in Poland, there was the case that uh, they started uh, with a first subsidy regime uh, mm -hmm. to promote renewables. Uh, which was a 99% coal country, and they were receiving green certificates. So if you were to build a, a renewable plant, you would get green certificates for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. But there was also electricity next to it, and you had to do something with it. So those investors were trying to sell the electricity for a very long period in exchange for a fixed cash flow. And with this fixed cash flow, they would run to the bank and say, hey, I have a very good off-taker. It is very, it's a Swiss company. It's owned by the state. They will yeah. never default. They will always pay. Now, here's the money I will get. Please give me debt. Yeah? So I don't okay. need so much equity and I can leverage my investment. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the foundation of project finance and PPA. Yeah? Secure, yeah. renewable cash flows for 10 years. Banks are happy. Give debt so you can invest more in renewables and that's what the renewable world has been doing ever since now yeah fantastic i mean this must have been one of the first power purchase agreements in in short ppa uh in in europe or how, how would you yeah, put that in probably, context yeah. yeah it started i mean sweden was one of the leading markets they uh, at that time when Basically, renewables, when you look on the history of renewables in the beginning, they said that doesn't work yeah, at all. Physically, yeah. it can't work. Yeah. Uh, and then at a certain point, it was just expensive. So you had all this support system. And in Germany, it was the very famous AEG. Yep. Uh, but in other markets, they tried other subsidy regimes. And in Sweden, in Poland, and other markets, they tried certificates regimes. Mm -hmm. Certificates um, for CO2 emissions? No, it was no? particular certificates just for wind or just for uh, solar. Mm -hmm. So, And there was another way of trying to support. And the side effect was um, that when you get certificate, you still get power. You need to do something. Mm. And those certificates market allowed the creation of a PPA market because those renewable, the first renewable investors had to do something with their power. They needed to sell it into the market. Yeah. And that was actually the birth of uh, renewable energy sales or power purchase agreement. And it was not a topic in Germany because in Germany, just the government would pay you for electricity. Yeah. They didn't have to do anything with it. Yeah, there was no trading required. So the certificate gave them the, the right to emit CO2 from 
standard coal power plants or how, how did what kind of certificates were this? system that if uh, if you're a utility and you supply electricity to households you need to show the government that you have 10 percent of your electricity is green ah okay and then uh, you would go to uh, green producers and yeah. you would exchange a certificate yeah and uh, when this was done everyone was happy and those certificates of course they had an artificially high price which allowed then the investment on the renewable side all right okay yeah so how many um ppas in in volume i don't know what you would you say in megawatts or in euros have, have you done we typically talking gigawatts i think i've been doing more than six gigawatts of ppa Okay. Uh, for new capacity uh, over the last 10 years. Okay. So, so we, right now we have what? 600 gigawatts installed in for yeah. solar? I don't know how much in, in wind. Oh, well, I think every year now more than 40 gigawatts gets built. I don't even know what the overall figures are, but it has yep. become a, a huge. Yeah, market. solar, it's more than 100 each yeah. year. Yeah. And wind, yeah, I'm not most, sure. Most is still under FIDE, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you look back a few years. But this is changing now dramatically. I mean, yeah. technology has gotten so cheap. Yeah. Uh, secondly, there is not much money left and willingness on the government side to continue subsidizing when costs go down. Yeah. And this combination has been the driving factor be behind the PPA boom across Europe. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so feed-in tariffs—that's the was and still is in in a way the uh, partially the the key driver in Germany and many other countries. So, could you, could you just briefly explain how how a feed-in tariff works and and then we compare that yeah. with the a feed-in tariff is a governmental sales agreement. It's a, a PPA with the government. Okay. And, uh, the AGA means that in Germany that the government pays you twenty years. Uh, a price uh, for whatever you produce or you don't need to think about it yeah whenever you produce um for the whole time right so since whenever we have the you fluctuation you so i think that's worry, yeah. Yeah. you get you get you get paid by the government yeah and uh, a previous guest uh, talked about uh, the net metering which he found uh, to be very successful in in brazil for example yeah that's where you basically consume or produce and uh, basically the the electricity i don't know what's it called counter meter just yeah. moves forwards or backwards uh, yeah, depending on very, uh, if you produce or for for uh, like home kits like yeah. the, the very small installations yeah um, now ppas are typically referred to very big investments i mean yeah. typically with ppa we're in the in the business-to-business -business world where hundreds of millions are invested. Uh, when yeah. we look at the most recent PPAs done, uh, for example, in, in Spain now, we're talking hundreds of megawatts of solar installations, all the energy then being contracted under one PPA. Yeah. Or in, uh, in Germany or in, Sweden, uh, in Norway, Sweden, we talk of huge wind parks. Mm. I mean, they, they are 500 megawatts and they sell all their energy into one one big PPA. Yeah. So these are it's like a, there's different segments of the renewable market. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll come back to PPAs right away. Um, I'd love to understand more um, about it. And so you were with Axpo, but then you you did start your own thing, right? So uh, you started Pexa Park. Yeah. What? Why did you do do that? 
Oh, that's a good question. Why did I do that? I always wanted can't to remember. <laughs> yeah, don't I can't remember. <laughs> no, I think we were we were seeing that the um, the the need to do PPAs became a huge thing. Yeah. So yeah. To, to the combination of uh, higher power prices, the lack of new subsidies, and lower technology costs, suddenly it became feasible across Europe. Yeah. And that means that all the investors that so far were brilliant engineers. I mean, they need to focus on acquiring the land, getting the permits, building the, the choosing the right technology, building it, and then optimizing the hell out of it. Yeah. So yeah. highest possible availability. Yeah. But they didn't need to think about selling the output, what is actually being produced. They didn't need to worry. And suddenly yeah. this became extremely important. Mm -hmm. so the idea of Pexel Park was, you know what? we help you get this PPA done yeah. from A to Z. So how to find the PPA, how to price and structure it. Because suddenly now uh, there's a huge difference between what you actually contract and what you get. So it's all engineers there and suddenly you have these commercial aspects. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, suddenly you, you become a, an entrepreneur in a, in a very much commercial sense. So uh, prices change every day. Yeah. You need you need need to have competences, a strategy, how to get rid of this electricity. So your revenue is uncertain. Yeah? Before yeah. it was certain. So that's a, it's a huge paradigmatic shift. It's it's a huge change. I mean, first now you need to get your sales in order that you can realize your project. Mm. And this is just upside down. Yeah. In the in the past, it was get the project done sequentially. You do one after the other, and now suddenly you need to start with first. I need to sell my energy before I actually can do my project. Yeah. Okay. So how big is Pexapark now? When did you find found it, and how how yeah, many people? Started, how much uh, revenue? Three years ago. Yeah, uh, three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, almost three years. We're now thirty people. Yep. Um, we have probably done advice and worked on more than uh, five gigawatts of, uh -huh. uh, of PPAs. Wonderful. And it has become now a software business uh, as, uh, well, it's like you need to know how much you sell, uh, how your uh, risks are changing, your production is changing every day, prices are changing every day. Mm. So it has become a, a, a moving target uh, and you need to keep track of your energy sales and energy risks yeah. and for that you need you need a, actually a cockpit a monitor where you can look into your energy cells yeah um and and you didn't found uh pex apart yourself you you did you, you how did you find your co-founders who are they and what why did you choose them yeah i mean we started with uh with my with my former ex colleagues from, yeah, ex -boss. Yeah, yeah. ex boss um worked with him 10 years together and then we we had some of the same ideas and we wrote down a business plan. It was almost very, uh, how you say, it's like, well, we walked into an investor and he liked it on the spot and that made the thing much easier. If you have uh, someone uh, believing in your idea, investing also into you, that yeah. uh, you can try to realize uh, your dream. Yeah. And since then we've just been busy uh, building, working, doing. Yeah. Okay. I think the mission, the mission really is to enable renewable investors to succeed in the energy transition. Yeah. 
to to somehow go from to be able to deal with uncertainty in energy sales yeah? Yeah. before you had certainty now you have not and this will change the entire market i mean it will be very easy looking back in five ten years and say ah, yeah. i was very clear yeah. it will change the way renewables are financed it will change the way renew markets work yeah and it will lay open new conflict lines yeah between the players in the market yeah excellent um Three years, that, that's you're almost still in a startup, but it's, you seem to do, be doing already pretty well. What, what, what yeah, was the hardest burning, thing? We're still burning money. You're that's still burning money. We're still burning money. You're uh, saying that on air. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying this on air. It's according to plan. Okay. What we need to understand is that what we're trying to do is uh, we're in business to business. So yeah. um, people need to trust you. They basically... Yeah. Uh, when they invest in us and buy our software, they want to be sure that we're still here. Uh -huh. uh, so that's why it's important that you have a diversified, strong uh, shareholder base. So we have actually industrial companies investing in us. So this secures that we will stay and being able to deliver our services. Mm. And then we're selling big items. I mean, our software, well, you need a big credit card to buy it, but typically... An industrial, our clients, it takes from the first time we see them until everything is done and settled, it can take a year. Oh, wow. And then okay. software development is very expensive. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, yeah, but then you see at the core it works and it generates uh, good money. So we're just crazy on investing that money uh, because we want to have an impact. And with that, uh, if you invest in growth, uh, it's just uh, very expensive. But that's okay. actually the good way of, I believe, the market working with startups where you get risk capital uh, to build something mm. uh, and you validate constantly. And if it works well, you get additional money. Uh, you have to be up for that. That's not for everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, you can also do the incremental way. Yeah. I think we see a huge chance to really make an impact uh, yeah. in this market. Um, what was the biggest challenge now up to, from, from, you know, going to the court and registering your, registering your company until now? What was the biggest challenge for you to say? When you think of, think of uh, other possible founders maybe listening, uh, yeah. what, what would you say? What, what's the top, what was the toughest part? What did it require to go get beyond that? I would say I was, we were extremely lucky that we had a, a funding in place so it was not all of my pockets i mean yeah. i reduced my salary i put in equity yeah but somehow we knew we have 12 months to go yeah so that helped a lot what is extremely tough is creating something of value mm. i mean the ultimate stick is clients paying you for your services yeah and that's uh, that's brutal reality uh, but this is i mean just uh, also, the learning is huge. I mean, what you can learn, and it's very fulfilling if someone pays yeah, yeah. for your services, and that it starts to work. Yeah. So that's the, that's. The, but actually, I don't have much time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> also, to be very clear, yeah, I've had since then working. Maybe uh, we can talk again in five years or so when you can uh, have 
breathing space for to look back, right? <laughs> yes. No, I think what I'm most proud of is the team. We have created a fantastic uh, culture. I mean, mm. from the from the people we hire, and uh, that basically uh, and the validation in the market that we see it works. Yeah. So that's uh, that's enough already for me. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Culture is uh, super important. I I would agree. Yeah. And the people, sure. So you mentioned uh, software. Yeah. yeah, your key product service is a is a software. Yeah, Maybe you can elaborate on that. So, and and what, what's your business model? So, so you're in between the buyer of electricity and the generator of electricity. What, what's what are you? How do you create value for both of them? Yeah, a good question. Uh, the market is not working very efficiently between the seller and the buyer. It's very yeah. intransparent. Mm -hmm. And the idea we first had is to create transparency in mm -hmm. the market. So we have one solution is that we help just getting the PPA done. So it's a software that helps you pricing the PPA and matching sellers and buyers. Yeah. So everything related from A to Z to get your energy sold. Yeah. So as soon as you have sold it, you need to do some, you keep, need to have a tap on it. Yeah because it constantly change. And so you need to have a financial monitor, a risk monitor. And now how do you pay us? Basically we charge a subscription fee. So okay. people pay us on a yearly basis to keep accessing the software, like okay. you do with Office 365. Yeah. All right, so, so your, your product is a software, software as a service subscription yeah. model. And um, why would I, so that this is for companies who keep do PPAs all the time, like, but because once you if you do it just once, then you would you don't need a subscription, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, if you were only to it, you would you would need the subscription subscription only one year when when you do the PPA. Yeah. Uh, the PPA the, the the issue is that this is dependent on market prices and prices change every day. Um, and typically from A to Z, it can take years to realize a project. So you need to have an infrastructure in place to be able to, to close PPAs. And we're providing this infrastructure and this infrastructure is very sophisticated and was so far only accessible to very big utilities. Okay. They, they have this infrastructure in place and they can do it. And our ambition is to make this infrastructure available to investors, funds, uh, but they cannot spend millions. So they will rather uh, subscribe to this as a service. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, just struggling briefly with my electricity, I'll be right back. Yeah. That looks a lot better now. Good. All right. Hey, excellent. So, um, what's what's what kind of infrastructure do you need to to make such a good uh, to make it to have all PPA. the know-how to the data to, um, yeah. to do a PPA? Yeah. First of all, you need to know what is the price. Yeah, but then this is like one data point. Or why why is it because it keeps changing the the pricing or why is yeah, it? the price the price is uh, changes every day. Yeah, the price changes according to where your project is yeah um, what type of technology you have yeah it depends 
uh, on the, sorry, it depends on, on the, um, the type of PPA you want. Is it five year, 10 years? Is yeah. it a, a full service or on the little services? So you suddenly have thousands of data points. Uh-huh. And th- this is the first thing you need to have transparency of what is the fair price for my PPA. Mm-hmm. And then when you know what you want to do, you need to find the buyer. Yeah. And the software connects you with the buyers. Ah, so, so it's actually also a marketplace where you... It's a slow moving marketplace. I mean, you need to understand five, maybe... Five participants from the buyer side or... or yeah, ten. We, we talk about hundreds of hundreds. participants in Europe. Yeah. But I mean, when you look at the entire market, 200 transactions are being done a year. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, well, it's not a high frequency product. Yeah. And a, a typical uh, process goes three to six months. Yeah. So it's not, it's slow motion matching and trading. Huh? It's not something which you, it's very dynamic and someone clicks. It is really a very structured process, like when someone buys a big company. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's related. I mean, it's still, I mean, a 500 megawatt solar park leads to 300 million euro investment. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and project finance involved. So there's a lot of stakeholders involved, a lot of due diligence. So it's a very structured, uh, very high stake process. Yeah. So there is a lot of trust involved as well. Do mm-hmm. people trust the prices we do? And yes, they do. And, um, can we help speeding up the process? Yes, we can. So I think it's a lot of uh, about transparency, trust, and helping to manage the process better. Yeah. Okay. So um, with the with the fair price, when we start with that, then uh, you basically look at the historical data. So let's let's look at your 100 megawatt Poland plant. Then you just yeah. look what's the electricity pricing in in Poland, right? I would I, yeah. I would see, how does it fluctuate the main, over? Yeah. The main input factors are what is currently traded on the market. So what, okay. whatever is traded at the exchange is the key benchmark for PPA pricing. Yeah. But you also so need to look into the future, right? So basically you need to forecast somehow the, the development of the electricity pricing. Or... That's a very good question. In the end, this the key question you should ask as an investor now is, with what likelihood do I want to secure my revenues? Uh Because you could say, I want a fixed price now for 100%. But then you have the full security. But no upside. There's no no upside. Now, this is then a a very deliberate decision-making process on the investor, depending on his profile. It's like a personal investment decision. Like the questions to you is, what is the minimal cost you need to have covered? Yeah. And will you freak out if you go 20% below your expectation? Or mm-hmm. are you very cool and you say, you know what? I have funds, I can stay, and I have a view that prices will go up. So this is so fundamentally different than investing in a, in a feed-in tariff, which guarantees you the payback and everything for 20 years. Mm. So this situation where you need to take so many decisions, shall I sell 100%, 50%, is this a good price? What happens if prices are higher or lower? 
what we are actually doing here is we're managing uncertainty and we're in a probabilistic world and this is something completely new to the investment world i mean to the renewable investment the world. Renewable, in, the other yeah. world, in the other world this is completely uh, common Normal. yeah yeah, yeah. But it's just, uh, it's different questions in the investment process. So, yeah. so do you help your customers to, uh, to forecast the development of the future pricing? Or do you say, hey, no, guys, that's, that's all up no, to you? That's, that's up to you. That, that you have very specialized companies, Puri, Baringa, and all the likes who do fundamental models. They ask themselves if technology costs go down, if more renewables are built, if gas prices go up, what will happen to the German power price in 2025? Yeah. But that's like taking a crystal ball. Yeah. The forecast yeah. will be wrong. Right? Yeah. Our take is, I just, what can I secure today? Yeah. And with what likelihood can the non-secured part change? Yeah. Mm. And you make a stress test and say, look, um, in this in these circumstances, you will be fine. Um, so it's more uh, a probabilistic view of how your revenue looks like and what can you do today to secure your revenue. Yeah. But your your customers do they have a chance to uh, include a speculation onto the future? Because I yeah. guess that would help most them to. Do, most do, yeah. Most want to. Uh, they basically. It depends on the investor if, if the, the original money is pension funds. Yeah. They ideally don't want to have any risks. Okay. But there are others who say, look, um, I, I want to have my operational costs secured. Yeah. After 10 years, I have my debt paid off. And then yeah. I'm in fantasy land. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you mentioned, so it's basically uh, managing risks bringing bringing in uh, transparency on the various risks what, what what are the risks i mean for renewables of course it's the fluctuating fluctuating um power generation and uh, the other one is will the prices go up or down for my product what yeah. what, what other risks are there yeah. i mean from a renewable point of view um the first risk is uh, volume risk yeah so uh, there is it, you don't know how much energy resources there actually will be. So how much yeah. wind will there be over yeah. 10 years? The second is um, the so-called profile uh, uh, costs or yeah. risks. That's related to um, the location of your asset. Mm -hmm. So if there's a, a lot of wind in the same area, the, right. there is a cannibalization effect on the value of your, of your production. Yeah. Then there is um, a balancing risk. That means the way the power market works, you need to tell the grid one day in advance how much energy you will produce. Oh. The grid needs to remain stable. They need to know exactly how much electricity will there be. Okay. And as we all know, <laughs> you, your forecast will be wrong. And there will be a charge, a, a balancing fee, a cost to that. So whatever you see as a gross electricity price, you need to make deductions to receive your net capture rate. And this is the first challenge for new investors. They need to understand all those different types of risks. 
And last but not least, you sell to a company, a private company, so you also have credit risks. Mm. What if the company doesn't pay? What if the company goes bust? Yeah. It's an additional risk to, to, uh, to, to, to contracting electricity. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, so you, you're mostly dealing with uh, wind uh, and uh, I guess also PV, photovoltaics, solar? Yeah. Th these uh, are the I key. Mean, it, depends on the, it depends very much on the geography. I think in, in Scandinavia, yeah. the, the, everyone is it's going on wind. And in Italy and in Spain, it's more uh, on solar. Yeah. And this has purely to do with uh, the resource economics. Yeah. What about other renewables? Uh, do they play any role at all? Like uh, whatever, biogas, geothermal, uh, tidal, whatever that you can uh, think of? Well, nothing. I mean, hydro, nothing is built anymore. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, probably because everything has been built, which can be built. <laughs> yeah. There's no more, yeah. There's no more mountains no more. to... Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and biogas is... They, I mean, they're more in gas. This is not a, not so much an electricity game. Yeah. yeah. So it's really wind and it's really solar, but it is actually really solar. Yeah. yeah. Well, why is uh, that? Well, it's... Because it's where there is sun. It's it's just the most competitive technology. Yeah. How, how competitive is it to? Sorry. Yeah. Offshore is. I mean, it's wind, but it's it's a different branch of the wind technology. Mm -hmm. So that's still expensive, but it's coming in very big and very, very strongly. Okay. Have you done any projects on offshore wind? Yeah, we have done uh, offshore PPAs in Germany. Yeah. Uh, well, we have done, we have uh, accompanied and advised them and helped to close. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, there is a, there's a clear competition between technologies. I mean, uh, Germany will be huge in solar. PPAs, new build mm -hmm. solar, subsidy free. Uh, prices are right now a bit too low, uh, but just three months ago. Too low? Happened. Yeah, the forward market, I mean, the overall market price for power has been decreasing in Germany. Yeah. And it has been decreasing to a level where investors deem it too low for new investments. Okay. And that's exactly the, 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 the key thing with, uh, with this new PPA market. There are swine cycles. Yeah? When prices are high, everyone is contracting, doing 10-year PPAs and building new assets. Mm. Then prices may go down again and no one is building. So yeah. you have these cycles of build and non-build. Yeah. And we have seen this very clearly in Sweden, which is under such a system for more than 10 years. Mm. Uh, but that works. I mean, it is all, I mean, we have to, every other fossil investment doesn't work like this. Uh, for new nuclear power plants in the UK, they need to get a, a, a government subsidy, which, I mean, for these prices, there will be so many solar built. Uh, yeah, what do they get? They get like 20 cents, uh, even compensated for inflation, I think, like a, it's, it's a... I think insane it's, it's deal huge. they've got it's huge i mean yeah. i think or also when you just look at the last uh, ppas in germany for solar they were about 40 euro uh, all inclusive for so, megawatt hour yeah yeah so for yeah. 10 years so with those prices or in spain it was 35 to 37 yeah. but they have much more sun so they can afford a lower price mm. so 
with those price levels, which were purely given by the market, you mm. had investments on gigawatt scale, completely subsidy free. Yeah. And I mean, this is real and it's working and it's scalable. And the thing is you can do it in small units. Yeah? You can do 100 megawatts, 500 megawatts. Yeah, it's modular. Need... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But if prices fall, which they did now, also accelerated to do the COVID crisis, mm -hmm. if prices are too low, nothing will be built. Yeah. So that's like a, well, that's, that's a free market there. Yeah? yeah. Let's look on the, on the, on the whole planet. Yeah. Um, do you do you work internationally, and what's the what is the situation outside Germany, outside Europe? Let's say South America, Asia, um, yeah. North America. Well, in the U.S., it's pretty much similar. I think mm. what I'm describing here works in a world where you have traded markets, where you have forward markets, where you have uh, power exchanges. Yeah. If this doesn't exist, a PPA market cannot exist. Okay. So you so, need so that's the regulatory framework you need. You need a liberal energy exactly. market, electricity you market. Need, yeah. There needs to be somehow an exchange where power can be traded. Yeah, that you can do this. Of course, somehow bilaterally you could maybe arrange. But if you trade, basically you want to know. Well, it's much easier to trade if there is a trusted benchmark. Yeah? Yeah, you need a you need an alternative, right? Otherwise, you yeah. can't. There's no negotiation. Need, right? If there is a third party, everyone, if we talk about electricity prices in Germany, everyone knows this exchange in Leipzig. Mm. What is quoted there, this is accepted as the fair price. Yeah. And if you don't have this, it's very difficult to to build a real market. Yeah. Yeah. What about? Uh, so, so you want to scale your business? So um, do you want to go South America, Africa? I don't know. There's so, so many places um, where, well, we, definitely where we, we will see go. the energy transition, right? Yeah, yeah. We definitely have the ambition to go to the US yeah. uh, as it is similar to what we do here. Uh, I would be already happy. I mean, my, my, I look forward to three months. So, <laughs> so that's my, my that's your uh, horizon, your scope. My, yeah. my horizon. Uh, yeah. But but definitely, we, 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 I think what I, I'm most interested in is the longer term uh, implications. So how will financing change? Mm. And uh, there will be, I mean, we come from markets with very low renewable penetration, maybe 5% mm. or nothing. And now we're reaching 30, 40, 50% renewable penetration. Yeah. And at some point, yeah, it's not both systems cannot coexist. That's uh, what I see. So right now, um, the whole curtailment issue is mitigated. Uh, so in, in Germany, if you're under AEG subsidy and you're curtailed, you're compensated by the government. Mm. So it's a double cost to the society. Yeah? So yeah. you have a subsidy and there is too much uh, renewables, they're curtailed and you're compensated. Under the new auctions, that's not the case. What do you mean and with a new option with a PPA? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with a PPA or with a new German subsidy, it means that if prices really are negative or there is too much, mm. you're switched off and you're not compensated. Yeah. Now, what does that mean for the renewable business plan? It means that at some point, if there really will be too, if there will be too much renewables, I will not produce. Yeah. 
it or you have storage how cheap i am yeah it yeah. doesn't matter how cheap i am yeah. if there's too much i cannot produce yeah i mean an so, alternative would be to store your energy right so how yes but i mean if you talk about batteries we talk about storage of one hour to four hours yeah what about big batteries right i mean that tesla built a big battery in, in australia there's more and more big batteries yeah. coming up what do you yeah but i mean it just doesn't it's not economical now the cases now are in very extreme situations on islands uh, in markets where there's so much renewable that you need to shift uh, production by a few hours yeah but we need this is not thought through and i think never in the energy market itself it was purely a market-based system there was always a, a very strong governmental element yeah. and i think we always so far have only talked about the power market but we never talked about capacity mm -hmm. and um, if you want to think through a hundred percent renewable market you will need to have double triple quadruple the actual capacity in renewable than what you have in demand and that, that means it needs to be storage in the middle mm. but which technology under which remuneration system this is all not clear and thought through yeah? Yeah. right now what we're doing is we're just adding capacity which is becoming cheaper which has a priority feeding but at a certain point it will break it will break because there's just too much volumes in the system and it will be curtailed and we're at, I mean, this conflict is in the next five to 10 years, it's just becoming more aggravated. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just in the end, it's a political decision of uh, write-offs. Do we allow to, to write off old investments and change the system? And I think this is, uh, it's not, not, it's not clear yet how, how it will play out. Do you, do you uh, dare to make a forecast on how this is going to... Yeah, I mean, in Germany, they will solve it with a lot of billions paying out the old coal industry. So it, yeah. it, will, it will just make the whole system... It will eventually transform, but it will be very costly because you have to pay off every single loan. Yeah. And um, so I think the verdict is not out. I think each country will be, will be different. Mm. It depends also how quickly, I mean, I don't see actually new conventional investment purely on market terms. That's the other reason. I mean, there's, I mean, we see with the nuclear investments, no one is building coal. I mean, it's, there's no new capacity actually being built on the market terms. In, in nuclear or coal or any. Nuclear or coal, yeah. I mean, there yeah. either is some state support behind it. Mm. Um, so this, I mean, this in the end, I think it's just a purely political uh, decision. Yeah. Okay. Where, where are the prices now for storage, electricity from storage? I would not know. I, I could tell you about solar and wind, but I couldn't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to stay solar and wind that you're, you're sure about that so there's no no other well, offshore, technology. i think offshore will become increasingly important offshore wind yeah there's more yeah. and more offshore pv in the news have you looked into that 
I saw, but I mean, all those PV plants on, on lakes, that's something yeah. I, I see, yeah, if you mean that by offshore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even Singapore thinks of, I mean, there will be real offshore, right, because it's the ocean, but of course, yeah. uh, lakes are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I read a bit in the, in the news, I mean, you don't see it on big scale yet, but yeah. everything has to start. What I find really interesting in offshore is that I somehow see that the old, the dinosaurs, <laughs> that they are somehow moving into offshore. Yeah. So you see RWE and all those old players. Yeah. That's something they like. They can invest billions and it's big construction. So I, I see somehow they're, they're shifting from conventional to offshore. So maybe that's a way for them out. Yeah. And, uh, it's a centralized also, power plant again, right? It's like that big thing. It's huge. It's a single again, cable and, and full control. Yeah. And, it's, and it's huge. I mean, when you look at offshore installation, I mean, this is, I mean, a wind park, you can do three turbines. Mm. It's a 10 million investment. Uh, whatever you do in offshore is billions. Yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it's promising because it can generate it has very high full load hours. I mean, they, they run four or 5,000 hours, even more. And they, they can produce enormous amounts of, of electricity. Yeah. So it, it will have an important role. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, we, we touched a little bit on, on, on the future. What, what about the cost side um, of wind and solar? Where does it have to go? Is it, does it have to even go further down? I mean, I know some engineers say, man, we've done reached so much. Uh, the costs are so low. Why do we even keep fighting for more efficiencies, high efficiencies, costs down, et cetera, et cetera? Is that a still yeah, limiting uh, factor or is it in the end just competition between the the players in the solar and wind market just to beat the the I, guy I, next door? Yeah, I think it's really, it's, yeah, it's greed. People want to earn money, um, yeah. maximize profits. I mean, the biggest, uh, I mean, we look at the AAK, yeah? That someone fixed the income. So how could you earn money by reducing technology costs? Yeah. And um, I think there's so much capital around, so much money that wants to be invested. Yeah. And in, in I think in, uh, in solar, it's purely electronics. It's uh, the more you build, the cheaper it gets. Yeah. So, and it has been predictable. Wind is a bit more complicated mm -hmm. because um, there's much more concrete, steel, technology. I mean, basically this goes all through size. Uh, yeah. They have to get bigger, 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 that it becomes cheaper. Mm. So I think there's a natural advantage for, uh, for solar. Um, yeah, and the big uh, question mark is battery. But when you see how costs have come down, they have the same the same curve. curve. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think the key thing is not so the, the the little battery to shift like for two three hours a park, but really mm. the the seasonal storage. Yeah? Okay. If you if you think through how to, I mean, so look in Germany we have forty thousand megawatts of wind. Mm. And the average size is still two megawatts, two point two or three yeah? per wind turbine. Yeah. Per wind turbine, and the yeah. new turbines which are being built are four mm. megawatts easily. So just it would be very easy just to have double the capacity, just prospectively. Yeah. And in the north of Germany, already 10 15 percent of all the times 
they are producing, they need to be curtailed because they have too much electricity. Yeah. So the grid is limiting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what do you do with this huge amounts of electricity, mm. renewable sets? So how can you, how can you transform it? How can you store it? How can you, what can you do with these free electrons? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I promise you, we, uh, it's, it's almost uh, oh, again, already an hour old. Yeah, yeah. it's super fast. Uh, so, um, so as your final remark, so, um, maybe we look at the, at the global scale. What does it take? What does it need to get solar and wind to the next level? Right? I mean, we, we, we have come a long way. Uh, you were part of this, but how do we make sure, how can we get to hundred percent renewables in, in the, in, in the world, right? On the, on a global scale, what's your, it's still dirty politics. Dirty politics. Yeah, it's not get just the economics. get the laws right, regulatory. Yeah, it's not. It's not just economics. Uh, it's it's in the end. Uh, yeah, it's also it's politics as well. Yeah. So open up the market. Liberal markets open the way for PPAs. Well, and have and have basically. I mean, what investors want is uh, clear rules. Like, yeah. how does the market? What are the rules? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, security on on your investment. I know. I don't yeah. want to have the laws changing every four years, right? Yeah. I mean, if people know that prices will become extremely volatile, for example, mm. because there's so much renewables, at some point this will create value for someone else. Yeah. If you say these are the rules and this is how they will be. Okay. So I think, yeah, but uh, I think much to come. So I'm, I'm very optimistic um, that this will, this will happen. Yeah. Hey, Luca, thanks a lot. Um, that was uh, super interesting. Um, um, maybe you feel, uh, yeah, maybe we can have a chat uh, anytime soon. That was pretty interesting. We just touched the, the service on many topics. Thanks, thanks a lot for taking the time. All the best with Pexa Park. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, have a good afternoon. You too. Thanks, Thorsten. Bye, Luca. Bye. Bye-bye.